The first two years for seminary formation to become a priest, um, we spent studying philosophy. And at the end of those two years, I could say I was neither the best nor the worst philosopher in the world. I held my own. I learned enough to be able to kind of summarize most of the key points we covered in those two years. Most of the philosophy we studied from the very beginning of philosophy to modern philosophy kind of deals with change versus no change, suffering and evil, sin, and how to deal with that, life versus eternal life, existing, non-existing, stuff like that. I bring this up because the readings for this weekend, and hopefully along with our Lenten journey, have in some way brought us into contact with some of these ideas, life, new life versus old life, lives that go forward versus back. How much do we change or don't change? Very, actually, important questions to think about and hopefully to get some answers on. But hopefully, more importantly, in our Lenten journeys, we get more of a sense of what Christ and God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit think about these things, and more importantly, what answers they have for all of us gathered here. These things that have kind of vexed human minds for a millennia, they actually have come among us to answer those very questions. That very much like the sinful woman, we can know truly how much God despises sin, but at the same time loves us to the point of death and beyond, taking sin and death on himself so that all of us can truly have real new life and have it in abundance. That's hopefully the goal and hopefully some of the things we have learned in this current Lenten journey. Because that is indeed what our readings are trying to communicate to us. We hear that very immediately first from the prophet Isaiah who says immediately what? God is trying to do something new. He's trying to transform the reality that the Israelites had experienced up until that point. He's no longer simply just going to wait for us to figure all this stuff out, why we exist, why we suffer, why do bad things happen to good people, and vice versa. But truly, God now is going to come among us to give us exactly what we need when we ask for it, to start to truly be the answer to all of life's questions, whether we think we're worthy of it or not. We get to hear again, as we heard sung beautifully in Psalm 126 for our sponsor of Psalm, that those who sow in tears shall reap, shall reap rejoicing, that those who enter into life, who enter into being, who risk sin, who risk that ability to suffer, can trust that God does not ignore that, that he responds to those who have the courage to face life, to face life with our friends, our family, but especially our faith and our church, and that he will allow us someday maybe this life, but more importantly in the life to come, that chance to rejoice, to truly rejoice that we have suffered for him. That we can be like, as St. Paul tells those in Philippi, his letter to the Philippians, that all of us just need to be one thing, that we have to start forgetting what lies behind, but straining forward to what lies ahead, which is Christ Jesus. That we have to be a people who forget the past, but strain forward to see Christ Jesus. And that word strain in the Greek is agonistomy. Uh, agon, basically, it means agony. It means straining with every me- member of your being, every fiber of your being, both spiritually and physically. That that's what God's seeking from all of us. That's why in our Lenten journey, we do try to leave some things behind to change some behaviors, even small ones, which can require a ton of effort, both mental and physical. Even to give up one particular aspect of our life, to leave it behind, takes great great courage. It takes the strength of God and his church to allow that to happen. 
that in our Lenten journeys, we can truly leave behind those things of the past with the grace of God and start to experience, hopefully, real authentic living, the real living that God Himself has always wanted us to have from the very beginning of our existence, that God, Jesus Christ, who has become man, truly wants to transform even the smallest aspect of our lives, to remove even the smallest sin from us. That's why He's come among us. That's why we have this great gospel passage of the woman caught in adultery, this amazing moment of both forgiveness, encouragement, but also strongness in terms of leaving things behind. One of the great church fathers, St. Augustine, once remarked about this amazing passage. He, in a sense, retranslates Jesus' words to his audience, even to us today. In a sense, he's saying that Jesus is telling us that he's not going to condemn us, that we no longer have to fear our past, but we do have to be aware of what we do in the future. We have to start thinking more in line with what is to come. That Jesus Christ is not interested in condemning us today, but he does want us to observe what he has commanded us, that we can truly fulfill and achieve what he has promised. So yes, we trust in God's love and mercy. We trust how much God cares for us, but we're also being called to go deeper, to truly leave behind those sins, and to truly strain with every fiber of our being to go forward with Christ, with his church, and with each other. That this is one of the great goals that we're trying to do, not just in Lent, but literally every day of our lives. It's not always easy, but to truly commit ourselves to the future, that future life that awaits us in heaven with the triune God, But we have to start right here and right now, first in this Mass, but hopefully, like I said, at the beginning of our Lenten journey. The more we start to see that, we start to see those aspects of ourselves that don't totally correspond with God's plan for us, we start to leave those behind. The more we recognize, we see them, we can start to identify them, and using the grace of all the sacraments, the grace of all the things that we've been given, to start kind of putting those to the side, to the best of our ability. And over time, great faith, hope, and love can take root in our hearts. That's why Pope Emeritus Benedict on this today's gospel can say truly that God hates sin. He does so because he loves every human person infinitely, another philosophical term. God truly hates sin so much because he loves us so much infin- infinitely. You know, there's no value in a sense. It's totally priceless. That's what he has done. That's why, in a sense, we are kind of covering the crosses to kind of remind ourselves of this this very fact of how far God's willing to go. He loves us so much that even if we reject him, he's willing to take that chance time and time again to come into our lives, to speak to us, sometimes to send a family member or a friend or a priest or religious into our lives to kind of remind us of who we are. That's why he has done all the amazing things he's done and continues to do so to the very end of time. Yes, our Lenten journey is getting really close to its end. In a sense, the end of all things kind of dawns upon us on that Easter Sunday. New life truly can begin for all of us. And hopefully in our journeys, we can see how much God truly cares for us. Another great church father, St. Leo the Great, once wrote about this weekend. He wrote so beautifully. He said, no one, however weak, is denied a share in the victory of the cross. So no one, no one who's alive, no one who has life within them, no matter how sinful, how weak, how many mistakes they've made, is denied a share in the victory of the cross. And he goes on to say that no one is beyond the help of the prayer of Jesus Christ. No one. Absolutely no one. That, in a sense, nil that we talk about. No one is beyond that help. So if we're struggling with that at some point in our lives, we're struggling with that right now, 
come to Christ, come to church, come to the sacrament of confession, whatever it might be, to get that strength that you need to know that Christ truly died for you so you could have life and have it in abundance. So my brothers and sisters, whatever help we need today, this week, this month, know that the prayer of Christ is truly going to be here always for us. And hopefully we can take that, not just use it for ourselves, but to share it freely, to announce that great gospel, as I say at the end of each Mass, that the victory of the cross is truly always going to be open for us. As we've covered these crosses this weekend, hopefully can truly reflect on how the cross has changed all aspects of us, changed every aspect of the human person, in fact, every aspect of human society. All of our human thought, all of our thinking and actions are now caught up in this amazing symbol of what real love is. So truly, let's experience the great cross this weekend. Let's experience some of the suffering of Jesus Christ as we finish up our Lenten journey, allow it to truly inspire us to leave behind our sinful ways, that we truly can go out and announce a great gospel and truly find that life that God has always wanted to give to us, that he truly wants to give us a new way of living that brings about real authentic joy and real peace, and ultimately that great happiness that we get to taste first in this Mass, but we long for in the great heaven that awaits all of us. So truly transformed by the cross, transformed by the life of Jesus Christ, let's truly encounter him today and allow his great victory to give us the great strength and hope we need to be his faithful sons and daughters. Amen.